Welcome to That's Good Sports, I'm Brandon. Just like me, the XFL can score three times in less than a minute, have multiple ejections, finish a game prematurely, and have the biggest comeback all in one weekend per now. Week five of XF football was the greatest week the league has ever known. We had multiple ejections in Dallas. The Dragons were robbed of a final play with two seconds left on the clock at the 22 yard line. Josh Johnson aggressively and smartly dumped all of his stock via phone trades like it was the fucking 80s before today's crash. Coach, y'all doing way too much arguing and complaining. Call plays. Stop that! Stop it! We had Trey Williams telling Diana Rossini she didn't matter. Hold on, what's your name? Diana. It doesn't matter. We're not <laughs> over. No, look. Which wasn't even close to the rudest sideline talk. Please, no cursing. Please, no cursing. You looked real comfortable running with that football. Yes, sir. Hey. And the defenders can only win if their stadium beer snake is longer than Nick Foles after stepping out of the sauna. God, I love this league. Today, I will recap all of the greatest weekend in an XFL history. Let's get it, sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that big tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The University of Alabama, Birmingham, Seattle Dragons fall to the Roughnecks 23-32. Dragons quarterback B.J. Daniels got his first pro start in the XFL, giving us an all-initial QB battle that we craved. P.J. versus B.J. Personally, I think P.J. Walker is more like Tom Brady than all of the Patrick Mahomes comparisons he's been getting because he's flat out lucky that two of his passes on the first drive weren't picked off. And no matter what happens, like Tom Brady, his team always wins. B.J. Daniels, on the other hand, was so close to being the next Patrick Mahomes analogy in the XFL. Now, B.J. Daniels overthrew the six foot seven Connor Hamlet after the Dragons took the ball away from Houston. Never, ever throw to a guy named Hamlet. To catch or not to catch is not the question you want your tight end to be asking himself whilst trying to high point the ball. And I use the word whilst in homage to Bill Shakespeare. Now the Dragons took a six point lead on a fourth and one touchdown run by BJ Daniels, proving a BJ is worth more than silvers in the football economy which never crashes. P.J. Walker crossed the 1,000-yard passing mark early in this game. He finished with 351 passing yards, three tutties, and two picks. B.J. Daniels wasn't nearly as effective through the air with only 114 passing yards, but he rushed for two touchdowns and had the exact same rushing stat line as Kenneth Farrow, 10 carries for 30 yards. And just like Game of Thrones, all of the 
family fucking and dragons in the world couldn't save Seattle from squandering a two-score lead. My Tom Brady, PJ Walker comparison came true in the truest way possible as Walker notched a 50-yard touchdown pass after completing it to a white open receiver Nick Hawley, who scores because dragon safety Godwin Igwebike, Buki, Biki, Biki, I don't know how to say that name. Anyway, Godwin made one of the worst tackling attempts since the Minneapolis miracle. And after that play, I demand Godwin remove both the words God and win from his name. He doesn't deserve them. The Roughnecks tied the game up before halftime as P.J. Walker caught fire, but coming out of halftime, he made a touchdown-saving tackle, which only saved his stat line of still never throwing a pick six. Steve uh, Levy complimented P.J. Walker's tackling after that play, saying, He can do everything! Being complimented for no reason after making a huge mistake is the most Patrick Mahomes thing he's ever done. The second half of this game, though, was dominated by Cam Phillips and P.J. Walker, who honestly is stunning every time we see him play. He's a legitimately fun and dynamic player, and he deserves some respect for that. Cam Phillips leads the XFL with nine touchdown receptions this season. It cannot be understated how important he's been for P.J. Walker. The Dragons stopped Walker with two seconds left down by nine, which in the XFL can be scored with a touchdown and a three-point play. Unlikely, yes, but from just 22 yards away, the Dragons should have been given one last play, but they weren't. So the XFL, after the game, apologized and then reassigned the officiating supervisor, which Steve Levy called out after the game in a live interview. Uh, it was a bad look for the league, but fans seemed very happy to see a ref pay for his mistake. Maybe a little too much so. The Guardians get two in a row, beat the Renegades 30-12. to Now this was not a great game, but with multiple ejections and a big fight on the field that was entertaining. Guardians left tackle Jerron Jones and Renegades edge rusher Gerald Rivers were ejected in what I'm calling cockback before we set the clock back. Spring rumble in the ring rumble. Sometimes you have to get kicked in the McGloin to remember you have a set of fucking balls. And that's what's happened to the Guardians after putting Luis Perez in at quarterback. Instead of bitching about how the offense needs to change everything, Perez has simply executed the game plan. Led his team to two straight wins, throwing no more than one touchdown per game, much like he did in the AAF. Plus, his offensive line enjoys protecting him, giving up zero sacks, and opening running lanes for the trio of Guardian backs who combined for 125 rushing yards, 143 if you factor in Perez's 18. Now, Renegade's backup quarterback, Philip Nelson, attempted 49 passes Saturday and borrowed the worst part of Landry Jones' game and throwing two interceptions, and then left the best part of Landry Jones' game on the bench with the starting QB and avoided any touchdown passes. Just 14 rushing attempts for Dallas and 56 yards, while you have your backup quarterback throwing more times in a single game than any other quarterback this season doesn't seem like a smart game plan. I'd like to blame the ridiculous amount of passing attempts on the Vicodin Renegades offensive coordinator, how Mum was probably on with his broken leg. But the player to have the second most passing attempts in a game was... Philip Nelson week one with 42 and another loss. Now I know Mum is all about the air raid, but their two wins came when Cameron Artis Payne was being force fed the rock 
like Kevin Hart whenever he needs a co-star in a movie. The ejections were the craziest part of this game, but the coolest part was when three touchdowns were scored in less than a minute. Just a few minutes after the brawl, we got an 80-yard touchdown pass to Colby Pearson, which is either the most incredible little white guy TD in XFL history, or it's truly a pathetic display of tackling. That was Pearson's first touchdown since week one. Perez easily converted the two-point play as well. Then, in what was probably the play of the weekend, defensive end Ryan Muller, the Kansas State All-American, tipped the quick pass, intercepted it, and then returned it all the way for the score, utilizing some of his lesser-known fullbacking skills. Nelson had no chance at tackling this beast as he pulls off the hat trick on a single play, which was capped off by Mikhail McKay one-handing the extra point, sort of making the three touchdowns in less than a minute feel like five with the two conversions. It was nuts, and as I channel the ghost to Billy Mays, I have to say, but wait, there's more. We witnessed our first kick return for a touchdown when Renegade's running back Austin Walther took it 98 yards to the dirt that pays. Now, how mum might actually be a mummy. He may actually be dead. I'm pretty sure he died after he got fired at Kentucky, which is why he felt no pain when breaking his leg last week. I hate to break more things for Mummy, but his offense is dead. The Battlehawks fall to the defenders 6-15. to Now, Cardale Jones has taken a lot of heat for the defenders' ungraceful fall to the bottom, but their defense has been absent as well. They got their first sack in three weeks on their first series. And then Cardale Jones repaid them by quickly throwing an interception on the next series, which forced coach Pep Hamilton to bench Jones and give all six foot seven inches of Tyree Jackson the offense. Now this was the least entertaining game of the week, and after Tyree Jackson led a scoring drive on his first series with the touchdown pass to Kari Lee, he didn't do much to impress after that. Just 39 passing yards on 14 attempts. Uh, DC did combine for 229 rushing yards, controlling the clock, like Flava Flav, and Jarrell Presley averaging 7.1 yards per carry while rushing for a buck 07. The defender's defense is the real story of this game though. Not only did DC prevent the Battlehawks from scoring any touchdowns, they made me look stupid for saying St. Louis had no competition in the East. The defenders do have a quarterback problem, but with over 200 rushing yards and four sacks from your pass rush, you can beat the second best team in the league. The pressure on Jordan Tayamu throughout the day was very impressive. Now a play that stood out in this game was Marquette King kicking Jameer Thurman in the stomach, which clearly hurt King. That was a big blocked punt in the fourth quarter for DC to seal the victory. Ty Rosa was the unhung hero for the defenders, kicking his third field goal of the game after that blocked punt to hide the fact that even with 200 plus yards on the ground, DC couldn't run effectively in the red zone when it mattered. The Battlehawks had a chance after that, down just 15 to six. Jordan Tayamu hit LaDamian Washington deep and wide open on a 40 yard strike. However, the Battlehawks really lacked the call on the offense and I thought fell victim to a lack of creativity in the offensive play calling throughout the game. The Battlehawks were vanilla. Twice they were stopped on fourth and short to end scoring drives. I guess when the beer snake returns bigger than ever in DC, it can make even the biggest of dickest teams 
insecure. DC is undefeated at home with the Beer Snake and jumped the Battle Hawks in the standings with the Guardians coming in hot to make the East very spicy. <laughs> And finally, an amazing game to end the weekend. Tampa Bay falls to the Wildcats 34-41. Hey, if you see a mouthpiece, is mine. Hey, if anybody found a clear mouthpiece, is mine. This was shaping up to be a very bad football day for Los Angeles. First, you get these new atrocious Rams logos. Then the Wildcats get off to a horrible start and fall behind 17-0 to the Vipers. Honestly, I'd rather lose the Super Bowl by 100 points than admit I was the guy who designed these new Rams logos. It must be hard to pay a real designer when you're close to 2.5 billion over budget on your stadium and Jared Goff's eating all of your cap space. Now Josh Johnson threw an interception on the very first play of this game, which was an inadvisable move. But you know what? Sometimes it's a good way to get the nerves out of your system. Tampa Bay QB, Taylor Cornelius, who's not gotten uh, enough credit from me, got off to a really nice start in this game, scoring on one of my favorite plays, the naked bootleg, and then throwing a dime in the back of the end zone to put his team up 24 to six. Then the Wildcats struck back with a vengeance and began the biggest comeback in XFL history and also what would become the highest scoring game in XFL history as quarterback Josh Johnson started to really get hot. I'm talking Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman's sex scene from Black Swan kind of hot. Johnson hit Daquan Hampton with the perfectly placed ball where only his guy could get it for a touchdown. Then followed it up with another back of the end zone laser to tight end Brandon Barnes. After not scoring their first touchdown until the third week of the season, the Vipers are now the third highest scoring team over the last three weeks. They are averaging 22 points per game. The Roughnecks are averaging 31 points per game, and your LA Wildcats are leading the pack with 31.3 points per game. Now, those two touchdowns from LA drew the Wildcats within a single score. Each team missed some field goals through the stagnant third quarter until LA finally got ahead and completed their comeback with back-to-back great passes to Trey McBride, scoring on a perfectly thrown fade route from Johnson. Mamma mia! That's nice, Johnson. That's very nice. Also, respect the Wildcats jumping into the stands for their celebrations. Now, LA turned the ball over three times heading into the fourth quarter, which was a big reason they had to claw their way back into the game. But the Vipers' one turnover was the most costly, as Reggie Howard performs one of the most graceful big man interceptions and returns you will ever see. He too jumped into the stands and then gave us the best Fuck you, we will never hear on the sideline. Please no cursing, please no cursing. You looked real comfortable running with that football. Yes, sir. Late in the game when the Wildcats were up by nine points, Josh Johnson got on the phone with offensive coordinator Norm Chow and went off on him. Coach, y'all doing way too much arguing and complaining. Call plays. Stop that! Stop it! I think we should get Josh Johnson on the line with the most important people in this country and basically let him yell at them until they do their damn job. Mr. President, it's me, Josh Johnson. Hey, stop fucking tweeting and start presidenting. Brandon Perna, it's me, Josh Johnson. Stop going off on tangents and talk about some damn football. Which is funny because those Josh Johnson phone calls remind me of a... 
<sighs> well, it, it just reminds me that I am struggling to find a way to get to a poorly crafted dick joke. But I hear what you're saying, Josh. Ultimately, though, it was Josh Johnson's four touchdown passes and 288 passing yards that made the difference and allowed the Wildcats to erase an 18-point deficit. To conclude, the best XFL weekend of football, week five. Subscribe here on YouTube. Do it, please. Thank you for watching this show. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.